Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. My name is Captain Eric, and we are continuing our sail through the second season of SpongeBob SquarePants. I hope everybody is having a, a wonderful week out there. Um, things are now kind of getting back into a normal time frame here on my end. Uh, Tuesdays for the This Week in Nickelodeon segments and Thursdays for the SpongePod Squarecast. Uh, I finally got YouTube up to date with all of the season one content. Um, and the reason that there's been a bit of a delay getting season two up there is I'm looking on rebranding all of the social media, uh, all, all of YouTube, just across the board. Um, nothing as far as the show's content or the name of the show is going to change, but just maybe a, a logo change. Um, there's going to be just a lot more of an animated feel when it comes to this, a more of an original feel. Uh, a lot of my... Uh, pictures and whatnot. Now, there has been an extensive work done on my end on some elements through Photoshop, like with our logo, for example. So uh, that might not 100% change. Uh, but certainly a lot of like the backgrounds and cover art and, and profile pictures of some of our social media, it's, you know, it's made up of other elements. So I wanted to add more of an original flavor to everything. Um, and uh, everything is going to have a bit of a of an original feel. So if you're a fan of us on Facebook or on YouTube or on Twitter, um, each one will have its own distinct uh, uh, design and cover art for that service. So I've been kind of cranking those out and also getting ready uh, to be adding the This Week in Nickelodeon segments on YouTube as well. So it's a lot of art on my end that I have just I'm so I'm such a meticulous uh, artist that I will stare at, you know, my drawing for like a half hour before I figure out what else I want to add to it. If I don't feel like it's 100% done, I am a, a perfectionist at heart. It's terrible. Uh, and that's, that's what causes most delays here is literally just me trying to, uh, be more perfect than I need to be because this kind of stuff I should just be able to crank out. Um, but we've been doing the podcast every week for the last, I think year and a half. So things have been going strong as far as the, uh, the sponge pod square casts and only at worst is it ever delayed just a few days. I, I don't think I've outright missed a week, which get, trust me, given some of the hurdles that have been thrown at me in the last year and a half, two years, uh, it, it is astonishing to get out this, you know, recorded edited the interviews, uh, everything out in a weekly manner. It, it's, it's, yeah. Hey, it's like a second full-time job, honestly, on my end, but I enjoy doing this a great deal. So it, it doesn't even really feel like work most of the time. But before we get into survival of the idiots, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to hop right into the episode. Yeah, getting away. Run faster. Hurry. We're getting in a taxi. Faster, faster. <laughs> I'll get you two. You're nothing but pure evil. Just like newspaper comics. <laughs> Come on, Patrick. We shouldn't disturb her anymore. That's not disturbing. This is disturbing. <laughs> Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, 
You can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy. All right, Pinhead, your time is up. Who you calling Pinhead? Survival of the Idiots is the first half of the 29th episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, first premiering on May 19th, 2001. Its writers are Aaron Springer, C.H. Greenblatt, and Meriwether Williams, and was storyboarded by C.H. Greenblatt. Survival of the Idiots is one of my favorite season two episodes and one of my favorite episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants of all time. Uh, It sits right up there with other home runs for me like band geeks and the paper and naughty nautical neighbors and it's up there with the classic of classic spongebob episodes i guarantee that you could walk up to anybody around the age of 30 and slightly younger and mention dirty dan and they're going to mention pinhead larry it's just this is one of those episodes that I, I, I so many have watched when it first premiered and since then that it, it's in the the cultural zeitgeist uh, uh some of these quotes and whatnot um it first premiered on May 19th 2001 so I myself was only 10 years old when this came out um I don't remember watching I, I don't remember my schedule watching uh SpongeBob live I know that Nickelodeon would try different release schedules they were not really like cartoon network had cartoon cartoon fridays and i do know that nickelodeon tried nicktoon fridays for a long time to to rival them um but they didn't stick with that for as long as cartoon cartoon fridays was was on at least from what i remember um so their you know their release schedule sometimes they would you know just have new episodes on a saturday like even right now, they're airing new episodes of SpongeBob in 2021 on Friday evenings. It feels like such a dead part of the week. Like usually, shows when they go to Friday evenings uh, are like cancel bait. Um, but yeah, I don't. Re- so I don't remember if I had a schedule of watching this live uh, SpongeBob. But uh, I, anytime I heard that there was a new episode, I try. I tried watching it. Um, now I have it playing in the background for me. I'm not doing commentary tracks anymore. Uh, but I just noticed that as the as SpongeBob and Patrick are shivering in the cold of Sandy's tree dome, Patrick had purple pupils. Try saying that five times fast. Um, but this is just there's so much to go to go over here. Now, this episode, according to Aaron Springer, is actually the successor to pre-hibernation week. If you remember that episode, the whole point of the pre-hibernation week was pre-hibernation and that this episode takes place during Sandy's hibernation. I, I like that they covered this because it's one of those questions one would have when thinking of of a squirrel living underwater. Um, of course, in the way that Sandy lives, it's it's not possible to happen. But um, 
you know, when, when you're presented with this cartoon, I, I guess one question would have to be, what does Sandy do during hibernation? Um, now, I can't answer this scientifically, um, but there is a, a Instagram page that I follow uh, of a guy who has a pet skunk. And as I'm looking this up, some of you probably uh, already know who I'm talking about. Uh, I think it's Zoo. Yeah, Zoo Arcade on Instagram. Uh, he has a pet skunk called Atari. And during the uh, holiday season, he had made a post talking about how um, Atari still a, an animal that would hibernate during this time. So she doesn't necessarily like hibernate, but she becomes more lethargic during the holiday season, during the winter season, um, because it's still in that instinct of hers to just kind of relax and take it easy during this time of the year. Uh, so I imagine that even without going over this whole indoor snow situation, that Sandy doesn't necessarily have to have to hibernate this way. She could just, you know, become more lazy during the, the holiday season uh, because I don't know if it's her dome that is creating the snow. Is it just maintaining different uh, different seasons that she would be used to throughout the year? I, I'm sure the money that it took to get that dome underwater, it has that built in of just summer, you know, spring, summer, fall, winter in that order so that uh, she can be comfortable living underwater. Because I guess going from just having snow to no snow like that would, would be a bit of a, a well, who's going to really complain about no snow out there? <laughs> I was like, I was trying to think, I mean, I enjoy snow. I live in new England. I enjoy the snow. Um, I, I, uh, it's beautiful. It, it makes the season feel complete. Like when you can look out out of a window on Christmas and see a layer of snow on the ground and the lights just kind of emanating off of it, it makes it 10 times better, but yes, too much of a good thing can be a bad thing and too much snow absolutely sucks. So I get it. Um, but Hey, look, people out there, they, there's people who live in completely snowy areas. The, there's people who live up in the North who have to deal with snow more often. Uh, not everybody dislikes snow to that, to that level. Uh, the ones that do will usually move away to warmer climates. And Sandy is from Texas which up until this past year, which I hope everybody out there in Texas is doing okay, um, they haven't experienced a snowfall of that magnitude. Or, I mean, look at inside of S Sandy Snowdome. Like, why would she be used to this kind of snow if she's from Texas? Uh, this is crazy. And maybe she's not used to it. Maybe it is the feature of the dome where it's like, hey, during these months, you're a squirrel. Uh, snow is just going to be pumped in. You know, we're going to turn the temperature down and you got to bulk up for uh, for your hibernation. Now, one of the one of the big things about this episode is that SpongeBob and Patrick very early on get to take off their helmets uh, due to the snow being water and giving them whatever supply of of hydration they need to survive. Uh, this is actually not it wasn't anything really planned. Um, storyboard artist C.H. Greenblatt uh, revealed during a commentary that uh, he just got lazy with drawing the helmets with SpongeBob and Patrick after they were going to be in the tree dome for the rest of the episode and just kind of came up with that reason so that they could not have the helmets on. Um, if you notice, there are plenty of moments in this episode in which both SpongeBob and Patrick come across uh, uh, no snow but having their helmets off. 
as I see in this part, which I, I've been kind of just replaying the episode over and over again, uh, they're inside Sandy's tree, which has no snow inside of it, but they're completely fine. Um, going back to the original tea at the tree dome and SpongeBob, he was more drying out because of the sun than he was just because of air. Like the, the sun had much more, the sun and the heat and the humidity in that, in that dome was definitely worse for SpongeBob than in this situation where the temperature is down, there's no sun beating on him or Patrick. And just because they are not, you know, they don't happen to be around snow at this moment. I think they're totally completely fine. Um, starfish, when you go to like the tide pools, um, you could take starfish out of the water. They don't, you know, you don't want to keep them out of the water for a long, long period of time. But, you know, if he, they're out of the water for, you know, a few minutes, it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, if you go to an aquarium, sometimes they actually have touch tanks where you can touch and sometimes pick up starfish or the, or the people working at the aquarium will handle the starfish and take them out of the water for people to feel uh, their, their texture, how they, how they feel like. So th these kind of scenes don't, don't really bother me. That was one of the things looking up people were like, oh, they took off their helmets. And, and of course, at the end of the episode, it does change to spring slowly. And then they're, they're not immediately drying out. Um, once again, I think it, it's a sun problem. I think the day SpongeBob went to go visit Sandy in that, in that episode, it was incredibly hot. It was imagine like the worst summer day versus a springtime, you know, a spring day where, uh, the temperature might be a little bit lower, but still be sunny out. So, I mean, come on, the snow just melted away. It's not going to be uh, that bad. So let's go over the story of this episode. I, I've kind of touched on a few things, and, and we know the basic plot here. Uh, but SpongeBob and Patrick start out going out to Sandy's tree dome. They're going to visit her. When they come across the fact that her tree dome is completely covered by uh, a, a few metal sheets, like it seems not really put together in the in the cleanest of ways like it's not it's not like a smooth scientific look it kind of reminds me of of like the lab in in Dexter's lab like the way the walls looked with kind of different sheets of metal um but they come across this and they go into the the inside part of Sandy's tree dome where the water will drain usually where she can take off of her suit um and they are greeted by a tv uh, with a video that plays showing Sandy kind of explaining that she's going into hibernation and that she doesn't need to be bothered, specifically calls out SpongeBob not to bother her, even though out of the two of them, SpongeBob was the sensible one and wanted to walk away. Uh, she should have warned Patrick not to come in because he seemed to not care about her message. Um, they get inside of the tree dome to find an entire winter wonderland taking over Sandy's tree dome. The tree is covered in snow. There's snow coming from the ceiling. And there is about a, uh, you know, I would, well, they're smaller than us. But if I had walked in, it would have felt like a, at least a foot um, to maybe a foot and a half of snow. Um, so just picture that. And to like to SpongeBob and Patrick, that's that's how much was up to their you know legs or whatnot it wasn't it wasn't a lot of snow in the ground they realize that the snow is safe for them to be able to take their helmets off and then they have some very light fun in the snow before there is a a sound being heard from sandy's uh, house her her tree they go inside to find sandy who has bulked up for the winter this this massive fat squirrel laying in bed she's sleeping she's fast asleep and she's having dreams about 
uh, a Texas outlaw named Dirty Dan and his partner Pinhead Larry and SpongeBob and Patrick. They, you know, they decide, hey, we're not going to, we're not going to mess with her. We're not going to wake her up. Let's go outside, and, and they just continue to have fun in the snow, um, pretending to be Dirty Dan and Pinhead Larry, and just using snow as weapons, just messing with each other. But they make too much noise, and it wakes up Sandy, who is unable to fully wake up. She's almost um, uh, sleepwalking and actually thinking that SpongeBob and Patrick are Dirty Dan and Pinhead Larry. Um, she proceeds to to absolutely maul these two up until they're buried under gravestones labeled Dirty Dan and Pinhead Larry, uh, uh, gravestones that would eventually reappear in the episode Shopping List. Um, which is, it's just one of those, like I said, Dirty Dan and Pinhead Larry. It's one of those SpongeBob jokes that for some reason just resonates with everybody. I, everybody remembers it. I like can't imagine somebody ever being a fan of SpongeBob and not knowing that, that, uh, those names and and getting that reference of this episode. So uh, eventually when they get out of of these graves that Sandy put them in, uh, they, they have to get out of this tree dome. And when they go to the door, they realize that the entire door has just been iced over the, uh, the turning mechanism of it. Um, now they are stuck in the tree dome, and at the same time, the snow is coming down hard. It is not just a very light, fun snow anymore. At this point, SpongeBob and Patrick decide that their only way to get some warmth is to, you know, borrow some of Sandy's fur. Uh, now, they at first decide to pluck Sandy's fur hair by hair until realizing that even though she uh, growls loudly every time she, uh, a hair gets pulled, uh, she's not waking up. She is in such a dead sleep that all of this pain is not waking her up at all. So Patrick just decides to take an entire strip of duct tape to lay on Sandy's fur and to rip it off. Um, it actually works. He's able to get all of that hair off and Sandy does not wake up. Uh, the next moment we find SpongeBob and Patrick, they're walking outside of the tree dome uh, covered somewhat in Sandy's hair. Patrick, he has the duct tape piece put over his forehead and then has his pants completely stuffed with Sandy's hair. SpongeBob, on the other hand, is rocking a eyebrow goatee combo uh, and, and it looks pretty amazing on him. I got to be honest with you. Um, a lot of the uh, some of the jokes here in this part really made me laugh. I love when, you know, SpongeBob passes uh, Patrick one single strand of Sandy's hair and Patrick's response is, Look, I, I, I'm a big man. I'm going to need a lot more than that. Um, everything about every joke in this episode lands. I can't stretch that enough. Um, everything with Pinhead Larry and Dirty Dan is funny. Everything they, they, they do to each other is hilarious if you like slapstick comedy. The amount of hair they take from Sandy uh, leaves her completely bald by the end. Uh, at, finally, now that they're warm in the snow... Uh, and I forgot to mention, Patrick also had his pits covered in Sandy's hair as well. Uh, once they're comfortable and warm, the snow quickly melts away. The dome opens back up to to reveal sunshine. And Sandy comes outside, you know, back to her normal self, although completely missing all of the hair on her body. Uh, it is incredibly funny that SpongeBob and Patrick go through all of this effort and they just cause 
I probably the ultimate sin against Sandy and just like she's bald. They, they stole all of her hair. At the end of this episode, we get uh, the one last joke of of Sandy basically using SpongeBob and Patrick as as like a, a cover up, like a towel, and then using Patrick as as a towel that a woman would wear in her hair. Uh, just just there, you know, she's enjoying lemonade now in in spring, covered with SpongeBob and Patrick, uh, and that's survival of the idiots. We don't get too many snow episodes in Bikini Bottom. Uh, I know when I say that, you're probably thinking of some that feature snow, but it certainly is a setting that we don't get with SpongeBob all the time. They, they kind of save it for these special moments. And being able to see SpongeBob and Patrick kind of play and, and frolic in snow and, and kind of be free within Sandy's tree dome, especially not being uh, locked into wearing those those helmets, it's refreshing. It's an absolutely hilarious episode from the very first frame that you see SpongeBob and Patrick where they're squash and stretching as they're running to Sandy's tree dome. You know you're in for a good time. Uh, I already mentioned C.H. Greenblatt, his his fingerprints all over this second season here. And this episode is no different. I mean, look at something as simple as I don't want to draw the helmets anymore. It comes across a change to the story that actually works. It works out. Hey, he didn't have to draw those helmets anymore. And it worked that the fact that snow is technically water so i guess spongebob patrick could kind of survive in that environment uh probably the cold is going to be the worst thing for them which they eventually figure out for themselves uh but it's just it's a fun episode it's nice seeing sandy being able to be this different character because she's you know asleep she's hibernating she's just like in this coma and and is just not is not in reality whatsoever. Um, and, and of course the size difference, it's, it's an absolutely, it's a fun episode. I can't say enough. It's your, you'd think your favorites, like I think I'd have more to say about the episodes I don't like than I would about the ones I do, because I'd rather show people what the episode is if I like it so much instead of explaining it. If you've never seen Survival of the Idiots, it's it's literally in the top five episodes. I, I would probably show a non-SpongeBob fan. Uh, it's, it's right up, up there, and it's in my top ten favorite episodes of all time. We don't get too many episodes like this. Beyond the snow... Um, beyond uh, the the actual plot, we don't get many episodes in which SpongeBob and Patrick just kind of put themselves in a situation where they're stuck, but they just decide to have fun. Uh, I, I really like this that they they take advantage of the situation for their own amusement and and they sincerely try to be good friends and to not bother Sandy and to not awake her from her hibernation. Uh, of course, no matter how much they're trying to avoid doing that, they end up doing so. Now, Sandy didn't fully wake up for her, from her hibernation. She was still uh, kind of sleepwalking everywhere she went. And eventually when she did finally wake up, she had no recollection that SpongeBob or Patrick were even in her home. So she didn't like fully, fully come to, if you will. Um, I, I really, I love this episode. Shout outs to everybody involved making this. As I've said, one of my favorites, one of the most favorite episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants, I'd say most people have of this show. I can't imagine it not being on, on any SpongeBob fans top 10 list, or at least being in like their top third of episodes. I would say if you think that this is on the lower end, I, I don't know what you're, what you're doing there, but, uh, but yeah, survival of the idiots. Uh, thank you for joining me 
joining me on this week's episode of the podcast. If you are a fan, if you do listen to this show and you're going to join me on this adventure, please do whatever you can to support the show. I'll never tell you that one way is better than the other because everything you can do helps out a great deal. So follow us on Facebook, follow us on YouTube, follow us on Twitter at I'm Ready Podcast, follow us on Instagram at SpongeBob Podcast, follow us on Twitch at Spongebob Podcast, and share the video, share the audio of this show around to any other Spongebob fans that you think would be a great fit for the Ready Crew. So stay healthy out there, stay safe. I hope everybody is doing well. If you ever need to talk to anybody, uh, please reach out to a friend. Don't let anyone ever hit rock bottom. Uh, Take care, and we'll see you here next week. Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy.